This is a fairly ridiculous podcast. Please keep in mind that while we are a positive podcast, we will be discussing dark tales, and the content may not always be up to par with current cultural and social standards. taken us six weeks only six since the inception i feel like that's a record yeah we hold the record for the longest time to get our butts in gear yep and shortest until somebody proves us differently we hold the record because <laughs> we've claimed it because i'm pretty sure that's how records work so mm-hmm. what so today we um are talking about the boy who left home to find out about the sugars our yes. very first story it is crazy it was really good um, my brain is in shock still from the utter ridiculousness that is the story. Yeah, I was really impressed at how much I liked it. It's a good one for sure. How many pages of notes you have? I have four pages of notes, everybody. I have a half a page. Andrea has a half a page. Woo! You summed it up. You, Andrea <laughs> got the finer points. I took notes blow by blow and I dissected every word. Is Which, how is I great. <laughs> Which is great. Hopefully you guys got a chance to read the story before. If yeah. not, we have a summary. Yeah, I wrote an overview of the story. This is just completely my opinion and my perspective of the story. I thought that the intention of the story for the lesson to be um, was fear. Maybe to teach about fear because he he's trying to find out what it what the shivers feel like. You know, like when you get the heebie-jeebie sometimes. He doesn't have any idea what that feels like. He's never felt it before. And he's like, I want to learn about it. What? How do you get it? But I don't think that's actually what the story's about. I think it's more learning about courage maybe. Um, yeah, but he wasn't ever actually courageous. He was always so practical. He wasn't ever scared. Right. So there was no opportunity to be courageous. Makes sense. Um, yeah, and that's also probably, like, because he was never scared, that might also be because he's quote-unquote stupid, because that's how it, the story starts out, is he's a stupid boy. I hate he, that word. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. Yeah. But it's an old story. Yes. It's the translation. I understand that. But I hate that word. Yeah. I, and yeah. And, like, he might not be the brightest crayon in the box anyway, but that doesn't make him stupid. Right. Um. And even the way that he's written, the way he reacts to all of the things that are supposed to scare him and give him the shivers, he looks at them so practically. Mm -hmm. There is no fear because there's nothing to be afraid of. Um, He almost always starts his interactions with these scary things with a question. And I, that's something really important that we can take away from the story. Yeah. Because we, I mean, we're always... I think living in a time of the fear and the unknown. 
but probably even more so like the last several years mm. or few years, um, you know, with fear mongering, um, people preying on our own fears, using the unknown to scare us. Right. Um, and we fall prey to that really easily because we don't ask questions ourselves. We just trust whatever we're told, whether or not that's good or bad. So I think the story is a really good lesson in asking questions about things that may or may not be scary and to learn about them. Because when you learn about them, you don't have to be scared of it anymore. Because you bring light to it. It's not a dark, <clears throat> mysterious, hidden thing. You now have a definition and a shape and a reason and a why and a how. And when you know those things, it's not scary anymore. Yeah. Because yep. fear is in the unknown, not the known. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's the key in eliminating fear, asking questions and waiting for answers. Mm -hmm. um, fear is what happens when we don't understand things. And this boy just wants to understand, like from the very beginning, he wants to learn about what it means to get that, the physical reaction when you get scared. Mm -hmm. He wants to learn. Um, yeah, he just, he's fearless. Not courageous. Right. But fearless. Because courageous is is working through fear. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have fear, you can't be courageous. Yeah. But he is fearless. Because he's not afraid of anything. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah. I like your... I like that. I didn't think about that. That he starts everything with a question. No, I didn't even yeah. get that in it. That Almost. was really... Really yeah, good. I think every interaction he had in the story, he asked a question. So the the first instance of someone trying to teach him about the shivers when he's staying the night with the sexton and his wife. Right. Which the priest, if you don't know what a yep the sexton is old timey words. Yep. For those of you that didn't read the story, his dad sent him to go live with the priest because he. The, he kept bothering his dad about what the shivers are. So he's like, go learn the shivers. Go figure out what they are here. Yep. Yeah, so he goes to the, the sexton, sexton's, the priest's house, for one night. And the sexton thinks he's got this really clever plan to try and scare the boy. And he dresses up like a ghost and he waits for the boy in the bell tower because he gave him the task of ringing the bell in the morning. Right. And... When the boy goes up to ring the bell in the morning, he sees the quote-unquote ghost standing in the corner, and he's like, hey, you're not supposed to be here. What are you doing here? Like, if you don't leave, I'm going to kick you out. Like, that's his initial reaction. Like, why are you here? You're not supposed to be here. Right. Um. And then, like, so he calls out multiple times trying to tell this guy to leave, and he goes... <laughs> Like, well, and when that didn't help, like, we're expecting that to be helpful. Just yelling at something in the corner. Because if it was a ghost, what is yelling going to do? Right. The but I don't can think, yell louder. Right. I don't think, I think he knew in that moment that it wasn't a ghost. Like, I don't, people thought he was stupid. He wasn't stupid. He just was not knowledgeable about one area. But mm -hmm. because they, because of that one thing, they just assumed he didn't know anything and they treated him as such, and mm -hmm. as we're going to find out in a sec, it hurt people because they assumed incorrectly about his mental intellect. 
Because yeah. I, I, I'm like 95% sure he knew there was a human underneath that like white sheet in the corner. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> well, yeah. And like if this kid isn't scared of anything, if he doesn't have the comprehension to be fearful, like he's not going to be scared of a ghost standing in the corner. You know what I'm saying? Not doing anything. Yeah. Like, right. I, yeah, that's just how he works. So the boy pushes him down the stairs because he's a man of his word. <laughs> and I respect that. He said four times, if you don't get out now, I'm going to push you down the stairs. And he did. And then so he falls down the stairs. The guy breaks his leg and the boy just goes back home. And after a while, the sexton's wife comes around to the house freaking out. Where is my husband? Where is my husband? The sexton's wife comes looking for her husband because I guess the church isn't the first place we're looking. Which is hilarious. Like, why isn't that the first place that she would go to look? Like, right. And it takes her how long? It takes, like, what, a day or or two to find him and she didn't it takes, look? It takes, like, the whole day. But the thing is, is she explicitly tells the boy, he went up into the belfry ahead of you. She knew where he was, and the first place she looked was at the boy's house. Instead of... If anybody in this story is stupid, it is that woman. (laughs) I do not like her. Off the bat, horrible way to start off. Secondary characters. (laughs) Horrible. That's funny. Um, So the priest broke his leg, right? Yeah. Like, just demolished it, and now he's stuck at the church yeah which is hilarious and then it's all yeah this is this is where i have a problem with the entire story like this is the only place um he had just told her exactly what had happened um and the husband's at fault for what had happened i'm placing the blame right at his feet like he he wasn't making good choices he was trying to scare the boy and then when the boy warned him, not once, but three times, he still didn't go away. Right. And the boy is telling her there was someone up there who wasn't supposed to be there. So he handled it like he knows how. He didn't know who was under the sheet. How could, how could he? He's under a sheet. Like he, so what's he going to do? Just let it happen? Like, what if it's like a robber? or Yeah, what if act- it's an actual bad guy? He would have saved the church at that point. Yeah. Versus breaking the priest's leg. Like, he didn't know. He took his chances. Yeah, then the wife doesn't even go start out looking for him where she knew he would have been last. She's not looking at the church. She's not looking in the bell tower. She goes straight to the boy's house to be mad at him and yell at him and kick him out of her house. Because her husband was stupid, and she's stupid. (laughs) I know you don't like that word. But they were not exhibiting good judgment no not at all so his his father gets really mad about this the boy's father gets Mm -hmm. really upset he's like i want you out i don't want to see you here anymore here are 50 tailors tailors which is money yes he gives him probably a lot of money and he says get out of my sight i don't ever want to see you again and like i know his father's like that's supposed to be the driving point in the story of how the boy goes out to learn about this thing he's never known before 
but it really struck me in the way of like how many LGBTQ youth have heard something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, because they kids like that get thrown out of their homes so often, and it's really sad. It just made me think, like this happened hundreds of years ago, and it happens still today. Mm-hmm. For still not good reasons <laughs> and they're not good enough but the boy's like yeah okay whatever i can go i'm gonna i'm gonna learn about the shivers that's all i want to do and it, it was sad because at that point too didn't the dad say like don't tell anybody that i'm yeah. your dad yeah don't tell anybody where you come from yeah like, forget who you are. Yeah. And everything because you're ashamed to our family. Yeah. Like, and he's just like, okay, okay. fine. Yep. Like, he's, he's totally cool he's with like, it. like, whatever, I'll go. Yep. So, as he's traveling out, he meets a man on the road. And this guy's like, oh, I can teach you about the shivers. I got this. Don't worry. And I think they make a bet. Yeah. For the the money, the boy's like, okay, if you can teach me about the shivers, I'll give you all of my money. And the guy's like, got it. <laughs> so he takes them to, um, what would you call it? Gallows. The gallows. Yeah. So he takes them to the gallows, and there's how many guys like there? Seven? Five or seven? The, yeah, there's a fair number of guys. There's a just bunch of dead bodies. Swinging. In the wind. Yep. They're just hanging, chilling, and super dead. So, yeah, so the, the boy settles down for the night. He's just hanging out. <laughs> and he, With the dead people. He looks at the guy. The guy's swinging up in the gallows, and he's like, you guys must be pretty cold up there. you got to be pretty lonely. Why don't I take you down, and you come hang out with me by my fire, and we'll just have a good time, and it'll be fine. Like, you guys seem nice. But because they're dead. <laughs> Obviously, they're not moving. They're not moving. They have, there's no core strength in these bodies. So when he sits them around the fire, they slump and fall over and roll too close to the fire. And he gets mad at them. And he says, be careful or I'll hang you up again. Because if you catch fire, that's not good. And that's dumb on you. Like, you <laughs> shouldn't be like that. Fire. And he doesn't want himself, because he knows that if they catch on fire, proximity, it's going to hurt him as well. So this is survival for him, I think. Like, he's like, you know, what? you can be near me, but if you're, if you're not paying attention, mm-hmm. you're going to cause me harm too. Mm-hmm. And I'm not about that life. Mm-hmm. So if you can't take care of yourself, I'm going to put you back, because I... Don't endanger me. Yeah, exactly. So he's very, very at, in this moment, he's very, like, self-preserving. Like, he's out on his own, so he's very making sure that he protects himself. And I think he's also kindness repays kindness. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm being nice to you. I'm showing you a kindness. Don't pay me back by being an idiot. Right. And catching fire. <laughs> Don't catch on fire, silly dead bodies. Yeah. Hanging from the gallows that I took down. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, they don't hear him because they're dead and they can't move. Right. So, he hangs them back up. 
And then again, I think we are shown that he is a person who says what he means and means what he says. Mm -hmm. He said, if you are not careful, I will hang you back up. And they were not careful, so he hung them back up. <laughs> he did. So the next morning, the guy comes back and the boy's like, mm, it was fine. It was whatever. The, the guy, I had to hang the guys back up because they weren't being cool. And the dude's like, well, okay. And in this moment, you find out about investing and gambling. He doubled his money in one night. Well, he went from 50 to 100 tailors. I think, Well done. I don't <laughs> think they... Oh, he didn't get paid? Yeah, I think it was. The boy was like, I have this money. If you can teach me about the shivers, I will give you this money. And the guy was like, okay. And because he did not learn about the shivers, he did not get the money. Gotcha. So... The boy keeps traveling and he comes up to an inn and he walks in and he's complaining. He keeps complaining everywhere. He goes, oh, I want to learn about the shivers. I'll never find out what the shivers are. And the innkeeper overhears him and tells him about the haunted castle nearby. Much against the advice of his wife. Why don't people listen to women? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> well, our first example of women in this story is... Not a good one. Well, she had a bad moment, but we don't know what her conversation was prior to that. She could have been like, don't do this. Very good point. Very good point. I still don't respect her. <laughs> okay, mo move it, moving on from the worst woman in the world, apparently. So the innkeeper's wife is like, please don't, don't make him go. She says, think of all of the foolhardy fellows who have lost their lives. What a shame if those pretty eyes were never to see the light of day again. Aww. So we find out here that the boy is handsome. He's got pretty eyes, which is the gateway to the soul. So if the eyes are pretty, the soul is pretty. And we've also seen through his interactions with dead people and throughout the rest of the story as well mm -hmm. that he is a pretty kind gentleman. I would say he would be someone I'd want to be friends with. I don't know about that. Wait till we get to the end of the story. Because <laughs> goodness gracious, it gets so much better. So good. <laughs> so here we get to the part in the story that makes it, I think, a true fairy tale. Yes. Because we find out that there is a king. And this king has promised his daughter in marriage a the most beautiful girl in the land to any man who could spend three nights in the castle. That is super haunted. Yes, because otherwise how would this be a fairy tale? Exactly. Finally without, we get to the fairy tale. Without a hero, a princess, and a castle. Right. <laughs> and marriage. Like, and, yeah. And challenge. And challenge. <laughs> And also in the castle, it the castle is full of great treasures guarded by evil spirits. And the treasures would be set free if only one man could survive three nights. So not only is it a challenge from the king, but it's the challenge from these ghosts and ghouls and goblins themselves. Yes, you not only have to prove to the king that you are clever enough or worthy enough or brave enough to survive 
in this haunted castle, you have to be of strong enough character, maybe, and prove to the evil spirits and break those spirits. Yeah, you gotta outwit them. Yeah. And in doing, you know, improving to them that you are worthy, you then prove to the king that you are worthy. Yep. So the boy takes on this challenge and he goes to the king and he asks for, for, for permission to spend the three nights in the castle. Mm-hmm. And the king grants the request and he tells the boy that he can have three things to bring with him. So the boy asks for a fire, a lathe, and a wood carver's bench and a knife. Which I think this counts as four. This is four items, and that's not that's not three things. Well, I know the carver's bench and the knife is supposed to be counted as one, but they are two separate items, and you, it's four things. I don't. It doesn't matter that whether it has to be three or four. Just be consistent. <laughs> just be consistent. So during the first night. The the boy encounters two cats. And <laughs> this is the part of the story where it just gets dark. It just gets it goes so downhill so fast. Like the the dead men in the fire wasn't intense no, enough. No, it wasn't. It, so the cats are meowing about how cold they are. And the boy, in his typical generosity, invites them to sit by the fire with him. And after they're warmed up, they suggest playing a card game. How do cats play card games? Well, they're ghosts, so, like, whatever. Are they ghosts? I don't remember them being ghost cats. They're, they're, they have to be ghost cats, because don't they go crazy for a sec after? They go crazy, so, like, there's a, there's an evil spirit maybe within the cats. Okay. I would buy that. Okay, yeah. Me too. But it's a fairy tale. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. And they talk, and... Yeah! So, yeah, it's like that painting where the dogs are playing poker. Yeah, it's I think that. that's exactly what's going on. Except with cats. Yeah, and fire. And fire. Yeah. Um, so the boy's like, okay, fine, whatever. Take it in stride. But he's like, you need to show me your paws first. Which I think this is something symbolic in fairy tales. But I don't know what it is. Hey, listeners. What is the... <laughs> we call upon you, our podcasting family. Is there a significance to paws or hands within fairy tales? Because it's an odd thing to be like, no, show me your paws. Well, yeah, yeah, show me. I mean, I guess it could be like, do you have anything up your sleeve? Are you going to try to trick me? But I, yeah, we don't know exactly what this might mean. So if anybody out there has any kind of information, Send it our way. You know how to reach us. You know how to reach us. So he he takes their paws and he exclaims right out of the gate, <laughs> My goodness, what long nails you have. Okay, little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> so I, yeah, and because of that, I was like, oh my gosh, these cats are going to be bad news. This is going to be awful. They're going to hurt him. But that wasn't the case. The boy decided to trim their claws down, and he secured their paws in the vice on the bench. But I don't think he even got to actually trimming their claws before he was like, Nope, just kidding. I don't want to play with you anymore, and so I'm going to kill you. He murders them. Yeah. I think the whole, let me see your paws, 
maybe and like saying, oh, your claws are really long possibly could be like, this is an excuse for me to trap you in the bench in order for me to murder your faces and then throw you out the window. I didn't even make that connection at all. I just did. This is why I love going over it because like I, I literally just happened. So that's mm-hmm. probably because he does it a few times. He's he's clever mm-hmm. to think of things like that. So now thinking about it, I'm wondering. He's going. Oh, let me see your paws. Oh, they're bad because they trust him enough to get close enough to him for him to grab them by the scruff, pin them in his mm-hmm. his vice on his bench, and be like, "Just kidding. I don't want to." And then use his knife. They're dead, and they get th- they get tossed out into a pond. Yeah. Which animal abuse? And then after that, that's when more haunting, like, cats and dogs come in, and he kills all of them. Yeah, he just gets mad. Well, they're loud, and they're, like, angry because he killed the cat. Yes, so that's what happens when you assault spirits in a building, (laughs) is more of their spirit friends come, and they are very mad. (laughs) So, yeah, he initiated a... Uh, a snowball reaction mm-hmm. by doing that, but he succeeds in killing all the rest of them. I love the their black cats and black dogs on red hot chains came rushing out of every nook and cranny, more and more of them until there were no place for him to escape to. And they're all going, Bleh! and he's just mm-hmm. sitting there silently, and he's like, I'm done with all of you, and then he goes on a rampage. Yep. <laughs> yep. Ridiculous. So then he... <laughs> He goes to bed. Yeah, he's like, all right, time for me to sleep. And the bed starts levitating, and it floats all around the castle, and then it gets sick of him, and it dumps him on the floor. (laughs) Okay. It's a very odd, like, moment in the story. It's like we just had, like, ravenous cats and dogs and murder, and now we're just going to go to a, a little flying bed that's like, eh, and flips him over. Yep. It is, it's just a very odd choice to flow into that. <laughs> you would have thought you would have started with that. Yeah, this, <laughs> but... it's like, okay. <laughs> yep, the king comes by in the morning um, and assumes that the boy is dead because up to this point, no one has probably even survived the first night. Right. Um, and the king's like, oh, it's... Such a shame. What a handsome boy. So it's the second time we know we find out that the boy is handsome. Mm. We cannot have a hero who <laughs> is not handsome. <laughs> but the boy just pops up and he's like, not so fast. I am here. I made it. I survived. So the king comes by in the morning and he assumes that the boy is dead. Because yeah. up to this point... People haven't survived. Yeah, nobody survived even the first night. And the king's like, oh, what a shame. He was such a handsome boy. Because our hero cannot be not handsome. Right. It's very important that all heroes are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And all of our princesses are the most beautiful. The most beautiful. And the most handsome of men. But the boy's <laughs> like, nope, I'm here. Don't worry about it. Um, and then they go back to the inn, and the innkeeper is like, oh my gosh, you, you came back. But the boy's like, woe is me. I will never find out about the shivers. <laughs> oh, whoa. Oh, poor, poor, poor. Poor boy. Mm-hmm. So, 
obviously he goes back the second night because yeah. he survived the first night. And as he's sitting by his fire, suddenly there is a din and a hubbub. I thought that was a very... <laughs> I din like, and a hubbub. I like the way that that was phrased. It's a nice, very nice wording. We should add that to our repertoire, our... What's it called? Our vernacular. Vernacular, our vocabulary. Yeah. We should start a spreadsheet of vocabulary that Ooh, we learn. That's a good idea. We're going to have our vernacular increaser sheet as a community. Yeah. Our community vernacular increaser sheet. Yeah. So if you guys, when you're reading these stories with us, if you have any words that you picked up that you thought were interesting and that we should add to the list, let us know. Yeah. We're going to add it to our community vernacular increaser. Yep. Boom. So there's a din and a hubbub, and half of a man falls down the chimney. Just half. One half. I think it's the top half the first time, right? <laughs> I think so. Um, and his first response is not to freak out or be shocked, but he says, first thing out of his mouth, that's not enough. <laughs> Where's the other half? Which is a very appropriate way to address that situation. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that is the appropriate reaction to what happened. <laughs> I like, I like, I like that. That was a very funny moment for me. I like it because I feel like that's a great reaction in any sort of those kind of situations. Like you see a child and he's got one half of something, you just go, that's not... Where's the other half of that? That should that's, be whole. That is not a whole. Wait, why is the other half missing? Mm -hmm. Like any... Just in any... You can think of so many scenarios and situations where that is definitely an appropriate response. And I love for him in this moment that that is applies to him. Mm -hmm. To just a dead human body falling out of a chimney. <laughs> the top part. Where, where's the, where is it? I mean, that's a good question, because what if there's an axe murderer chopping up half's bodies? There's that question again that starts him off yeah. to understand, like, what's going on? That's mm -hmm. not enough. Where's the other half? And that'll help me find out what's going on here. Mm -hmm. So I like, I like that moment. It's did, one of my favorites. Did he ask a question with the cats? I don't remember. I don't think we covered that. Oh, did he ask a question with the cats? Let me look back. Um... Because maybe, I don't think he specifically asked a question, but maybe inviting them or listening to their cries of being cold and inviting them to sit by the fire. Let's see. If only I could get the shivers. I don't care how hard it is. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, he asked. Um, meow, meow, we're cold. And he says, fools, what's the good of screaming? Like, why? What, what's the good of that? If you're cold, come sit by the fire and warm yourselves. So he so, does. He always approaches everything with, like, what? what is this? Why is that good? Let's find a solution. Yep. So, yeah. Okay, so he's asked a question with the, the sexton in the bell tower. Mm -hmm. He's asked a question with the hanging men, mm -hmm. right? What was the question with that? Let's look back. I love having... This is why I love books <laughs> let me just look um uh, da, 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 learn the shivers go the gallows midnight the wind blowing warm he says if i'm freezing down here imagine what it would must be like for them up there 
So he didn't ask a question, but he's using empathy. Yeah, and it is, it is kind of a question in the sense that if I feel this way, mm-hmm. how must they feel? Mm-hmm. And so he's asking himself that question in order to mm-hmm. understand and use empathy. So it does start off with a question, and, but it, the way it's phrased isn't necessarily a question. But you know he's questioning it himself. Mm-hmm. I feel this way. How do they feel? They must feel this way. Let me then act upon the answer to that question. Okay. Okay. So he's asking questions with the sexton. He's yep. asking questions with the hanging men. He's yep. asking questions with the cats. And now he's asking questions with this half body. Yeah. <laughs> Where's your other half dude? Yep. So, of course, the other half does fall down. And he, as he's stirring up the fire for this man... <laughs> he turns around and the two halves have fused together to be a full man. And then more pieces of men come falling out of the chimney. Just, I, I don't know what initiated this them. chain reaction, but they had enough body parts to play nine pin <laughs> at the end, which I think is bowling. Yes, it's a type of bowling. Because our bowling... And the the traditional like in the, here in America is ten pins, but there's one that's just nine. They take out one. It's like a little bit of a different shape. Okay. From my understanding, if I'm completely wrong, then let us know. Let us know, please. We like learning. <laughs> we do. That's what we're all about. We're like the boy. We like to learn. We do for sure, for sure. So they play nine pin. Yeah, they played. Yeah, they played nine pin for a long time. And then they all disappeared after the clock struck the hour. Um, And then the king came by in the morning and obviously the boy still hasn't learned about the shivers. But he has survived one more day. Exactly. So he's already made it. Well, he had already made it farther than anybody by passing the first night. Right. And he's passed the second night. Do we think he's going to pass the third night? Wonder the suspense. Da, da, da. <laughs> so on the third night, six men come in carrying a coffin, and the boy just says, "Oh, this must be my cousin who died a few days ago." And my question <laughs> is, wait, what? When? How? Who? We don't know. We were introduced to his cousin, right? At any point. Right. How... And how is he still in contact with his family? Like, his father said, go, be gone. You are disowned. No more contact. But, what? whatever. This is a fairy tale. <laughs> so the boy goes up to the coffin, and he takes the man out of it, and he tries to warm him up by the fire. There's this consistent, like... Warming dead bodies up by fires. Mm-hmm. He's always wanting to make sure everybody's nice and warm. The cats were cold, warm them up by the fire. The gallo people were cold, warm them up by the fire. That's like his go-to. And the like, half man. The half man, warm him up by the fire. He's There's... very... I, this speaks, I think, to his thoughtfulness and his generosity. Mm-hmm. I think he's a very kind gentleman. He's, yeah, God has a great heart. I mean, mm-hmm. he's crazy. <laughs> a little bit. He murdered the cats. And threw them into a pot. Uh, yeah, for, I think I think he murdered them for absolutely no good reason. Yeah, that was a little that was a little not nice. But he did warm them first. He was nice. I don't know. 
So he takes the guy out of, out of the coffin and he warms up, tries to warm him up by the fire. Mm-hmm. But again, remember how that went with the men and the gallows. Didn't work out so well. So he puts the dead man into bed with him. So like hypothermia. Right. Which together, is, which warming is another, each other up. Which is another thought that like... He's not that dumb. Like, he's not stupid. Mm -mm. He might be not knowledgeable about certain things, and he might have, like, an issue with, like, one side of an emotion. But the fact that he recognizes and remembers, oh, when someone's really, really cold, a way to help them and cure them is to lay in bed with them because skin-on-skin contact helps heal and cure things like hypothermia. Like, that takes knowledge and, like, Mm -hmm. capacity for learning and remembering yeah so he's not again that's just another one of those moments where you know he's not stupid Mm -hmm. he just has this one thing that he just doesn't understand socially i guess yeah (laughs) so point for not stupid point for the boy (laughs) point for the boy (laughs) let's hear it for the boy let's hear it for the boy (laughs) that should be the episode title Let's hear it for the boy. Let's hear it for the boy. What? <laughs> so you've heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. The name of this episode is officially "Let's Hear It for the Boy." <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Let's hear it for the boy. I like that we can discover our titles in the middle of our podcasting. See, that's why I wanted to have the conversation before we settled on an episode title. Because who knows what gems we'll find exactly. when we have the conversation. When the conversation starts, it 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 labels itself. Exactly. It names itself. Exactly. I like it. Let's hear it for the boy. <laughs> so, and this is, this just blew my mind. I was like, of all of the things that happen in this story, the boy laying in bed with this dead man to warm him up actually brings him back to life. So the man comes back to life, and the first thing out of his mouth is, I'm going to strangle you. Wow, what a way to repay this <laughs> nice boy. But, I mean, in his defense, it is an evil spirit in Ghoul. Pro- yes, his job probably. is to do that, so, like, he's doing his job. Probably. But isn't this supposed to be his cousin? Uh, yeah. We never find out. I don't know what the cousin thing is. It's so odd. So the boy's like, yeah, the boy's just like, really, is this my thanks? Back in your coffin you go. And he puts <laughs> him back in, and the six men, six men go off with the dead man. And that's that. But then another man comes in, bigger and scarier than the rest. With a long white beard. So that's, okay. This guy, I can't, I cannot picture a scarier man like this guy is supposed to look like a monster Mm -hmm. but he's not described well enough for me to picture him as a monster i picture hagrid oh but hagrid with with a white beard no 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 you gotta think like like i'm trying to think of a tall like think of more skeletony and thin like the white walkers from white walkers with a white beard yeah but that's not how they're described. That's maybe that's how they're supposed to look. But that's not the image that <laughs> developed in my head. He's just old. Old is is skinny and and hunched over. You can be fat and old. No, this is like ghoulish old. 
I am sticking with my mental image of Hagrid with Dumbledore's beard. Because <laughs> it makes me feel better about what happens next. And Harry Potter had to have been said at least once. And eight per episode, that's your one. <laughs> Listen, I did not say that I talked about Hagrid and Dumbledore. Okay. So you I have get, a... I get at least one Harry Potter reference and at least one Parks and Rec reference every episode. Okay, deal. I like that. <laughs> Listeners, you heard it here first. We're making up rules as we go. Make it's sure fairly you guys, ridiculous. It's fairly ridiculous. Make sure you keep track because we're going to forget. We'll, <laughs> we'll keep a spreadsheet. <laughs> we'll keep a spreadsheet of that one too. Spreadsheet of the rules that we make up as we go. <laughs> okay. So the... The big scary Hagrid man mm-hmm. comes in and he says to the boy, now you'll find out about the shivers because you're going to die. Dun, dun, dun. And the boy's response is basically like, na boo boo, you can't catch me. And then, well, they go back and forth of, yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. And then they stop. Because they're both adults. <laughs> yeah. That's why they sat. <laughs> and the big scary man leads the boy to a smithy and drove an anvil. What is that? An anvil? Yeah. Um, an anvil is the thing that um, when you see like in Hercules and he's like hammering the thunderbolt on it, it's an anvil. That's oh, that, what, that big block thing. Yes, the big block thing. Okay. That's the anvil. That's what Smithsies use, and there's different angles and stuff on it, so they can um, do different angles on whatever they're creating and making and working with metal. Because okay. the metal's hot, and they pound it on that and shape it accordingly. Okay, anvil. so that that helps, because I'm picturing, like, a stake. No. Because I don't, because I didn't know what an anvil was. So, like, when they're driving the anvils into the ground, I'm like... That's probably supposed to be impressive, but because I can't put a nail into the wall with one blow from a hammer, that is impressive. <laughs> no, so an an yeah, um, an anvil. So if somebody's driving an anvil into the ground, they've got this huge block of a thing, and they're hitting it hard enough to it push just it goes in. all the way into the ground. Yeah, so there's an extreme amount of force. Yeah, and an extreme amount of strength behind yes. that force. So the the big scary man drives an anvil into the ground with a single blow. They're doing like a battle strike. Yeah, this is where it... This is probably a... We should probably explore it. Is this what each challenge explores of his strengths and endurances? Mm. Mental, physical, emotional. Yeah. Knowledge. Yeah. So, with his turn, the boy splits the anvil in half, and he crammed the man's beard into it, because I think this old scary guy was, like, leaning close in to Mm. watch. Yeah, he was kind of, like, looking at it, Mm -hmm. and he got too close, and he wasn't aware. Like, with the cats. Yeah. That's what that was. That was foreshadowing. Do, do, do. (laughs) That's going to happen at least five more times. (laughs) That's so, another rule. Put it in the spreadsheet, everyone. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. 
that we don't catch. So, <laughs> whoa. But yeah, so he, um, I'm trying to find the exact words for it. Um, oh, I'm on the wrong page. Um, I'm on the wrong page again. Again, I was two pages behind. Uh, seized the axe, split the anvil at one stroke, and crammed the old man's beard in the crack. So the the old man kind of like weakened it for him. Like when you ask somebody. Oh, it's the same anvil. It's a it's a second anvil. Oh, okay. Um, the boy seized the axe, split the anvil in one stroke, and crammed the the man's beard in the crack. Now I've got you. Yep. And that was really clever. Yeah. Except then he goes crazy merciless, and he's like, now, "Oh my god, this is awful. This is like I'm like, yeah, he's he, gonna overcome." And then he's like, he beats the crap. <laughs> Out of this guy. Yeah. He grabbed, he picked up an iron rod, rains blows on the old man until the old man whimpered and begged him to stop and promised to give him great riches. Like, we're great. This story's going great, like, overcoming, like, okay, with the cat thing, that was weird. Maybe it's a one time. He goes bowling with dead bodies. Like, that's fun. And then he just beats up. I'm just like, but then you have to remember, it's not a human, it's like mm-hmm. a ghoul, ghoul, like evil thing. It's the same thing as what happened with the cats. Yeah. They're Earlier. evil. You have to remember that they're evil, but like, I become sympathetic. I'm like, but it's mm-hmm. just a little old man. No, it's evil. It's evil. And I think probably what we're missing too is like the the culture of yeah. what this was written in. Yeah, for Because sure. probably when this was originally told and written down... Um, you, your mindset would have already been in that place of, of course, these cats are probably the evil spirits. They're blind. Yeah, exactly. Black and like cats with the, the superstition of it. Mm-hmm. And that's so much less a part of our culture mm-hmm. now. And like, I don't, I am not superstitious about black cats. If you, if I will take your black cat, okay? <laughs> I will take love it black. and I will feed it. And I will take care of it, and I will make sure it is safe on Halloween. I appreciate people who have black hats, but I don't like hair. <laughs> and I like clean things, so mm-hmm. I don't do well with animals with mm-hmm. that leave hair everywhere. Mm-hmm. So anyways, he just about murders the, yeah. the old man. And the old man's like, stop, stop, I'll give you all the gold, I'll give you the treasures. And there's three... Three treasure chests that mm-hmm. he brings the boy to, and one is for the boy, mm-hmm. and the other two are for the kingdom. One's for the king specifically, okay, and one is for the kingdom, the people, the poor and needy. Okay. So not only did he get become rich, but he also was like a blessing to the rest of the community. Yes, which was very cool. Yes. I, that was a very like. Oh, that's neat. Like, little introduction that they put in there. Not only... Like, normally these stories are all about, like, the hero becomes rich and famous. And his own benefit. And, like, yeah, congratulations. But the author, the story, they made a point to say, no. Everyone benefits from this. His piece, you get your piece, but also the kingdom Mm-hmm. gets to benefit from what you've done and there's this is their piece because mm-hmm. you're not in it alone. I just I liked that little interjection of yeah, community yes. in there for sure. Yep. And so the boy successfully successfully. Mhm. So the boy successfully 
com completed in three nights at this haunted castle, that w those were the qualifications for marrying the princess. Right. And getting treasure also from the king, right? I think the treasure from the king was the treasure from the castle. Okay. That that's his treasure that he got. Like you okay. get to you get my daughter and also keep the treasure, your portion of the treasure from the castle. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so the boy gets he gets the treasure from the castle, he gets to marry the princess. And I think No, it's not on the wedding night. Mm. It's after a certain amount of time and <clears throat> the boy is still complaining about not getting the shivers. He's been complaining the entire story. I don't know what the shivers are. I'm never going to learn. I want to learn about the shivers. I don't know what the shivers are. What are the shivers? And the prince is like, oh my God, shut up. I'm <laughs> She's so over it. <laughs> I'm sick of listening to you. And she tells her maid, mm -hmm. figure something out. And the maid goes to the pond mm -hmm. and gets buckets of water yeah with and minnows in them like with the fish with yeah little tiny fish in them and she comes back up to his bed and she just dumps the water all over him and he's like oh my gosh i know what the shivers are i know what the shivers are and that's the end of the story that's, and that's yeah, where that's it, it ends it's like now at last i know what the shivers are <laughs> what <laughs> what that like, all of this craziness, this imagery of cats being thrown out and, and this old man getting beat to shreds. Pushing people downstairs. And all some anybody had to do was just throw a bucket of water on him. With and make him cold. It, and just make him cold. <laughs> That's the thing. He was always around fire. He was always warm. He never shivered. Oh my gosh. We just figured out the story. You can go home now. <laughs> That's it. We're done. The podcast is over. Yep, that's it. We've we've accomplished our goal as fairly ridiculous. <laughs> he always created a fire because he never wanted to be cold. And finally, in this moment, he got cold and he figured out what the shivers were. That's exactly what happened. There oh it is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Yeah. You get to say that once per episode. What? You heard it here, folks? I've yep. said it at least five times already. So, whoops, I broke that rule. <laughs> ah. New rule, it's okay. New rule. We'll start it next time. <laughs> yeah, but that's the story. That's the, that's the craziness of it. Yeah, so we find out in this story that we don't find out, but... Sorry, as we're moving papers around. Yeah, we have... 20 pages of notes. I mean, so, I've got my half a page, but... <laughs> Wait, which one do I want to do first? Oh, I don't know. Do you want me to do it? Yeah, do you want to do it? Because yeah, this is yours. So that's the story. And Haley's breakdown. That's her four-page breakdown of the story. <laughs> now we can move on to my half a page of notes. <laughs> um, which I just, are really good. They're great. Um... I just like the, I don't know, I broke it up and I had two thoughts, my rant and my rave, what I really liked about it and what I really didn't like about it. Um, I just, my rant is about this story is that how the men just didn't get to the heart of the issue. They kept trying to like, and we kind of talked about this before, um, and, and as a society we do it, that 
they're like, oh, and I'm not going to like sit down and communicate with you. Let me tell you about the shivers. It's go do this thing and mm-hmm. go do it. Yeah, I, this will show you what the shivers is. Go. Very hands off. Yeah, very hands off and like, and I know that like the sexton was like showing him, but it's a, it's a little bit different. And I think as a, as a culture, we tend to do this like with... I know some people don't like how teachers work sometimes. They don't learn, that. like, if students don't learn this way, like, I'm going to give you homework. Just do the homework. That will teach you. Read the, that'll teach you how to, read the book. That'll teach you. And even in, um, in, uh, religious settings or, like, within specifically Christianity, because I know about Christianity, um, we tend to say, oh, you want to learn about God. Oh, you want to learn about, like, Go read the Bible. That's how you become a Christian. Mm-hmm. Go go do this thing. That's mm-hmm. how to do it. Instead of, let here, let me sit down next to you and let's have this conversation and let me get to where you're at and figure out where you are and ask that question mm-hmm. and understand you first. And then I can show you this thing. And that's why like, all these men that showed up just not mm-hmm. doing that. It's mm-hmm. like the go do the math I already problem. know, so I'm going to tell you. Yeah. And like, yeah, have this go go do that thing and so it was just that every time that's what it was oh this will show you what the shivers are oh that'll show you what the shivers are instead of like let's communicate and mm-hmm. let me figure out where your headspace is actually solve the problem yeah and actually solve the problem and then i loved that moment just like the um a woman's intuition of just knowing and it's like i know you well enough i know it's like get a bucket of water and dump it on him boom problem solved so Mm -hmm. i love that contrast too so you've got this this sense of like how our world operates sometimes and then in a brief moment a woman's intuition just kicks in and is like i'm done so that was like my rant just how we as a society don't come alongside of more than we need to or we do it less than what we need to do it Mm -hmm. i think um education I think education is getting better at it. I know there's teachers that are, are learning that different students have different learning styles. Yeah. And they've learned how to more come alongside of. Um, yeah. And I know especially like supplementing um, daytime education with out-of-school time programs, working mm-hmm. in that field specifically, that's something that is intentionally focused on. Right. Is even though we get a fraction of the students in the program, you were, we have to look at them. We have to meet them where they're at and we Mm -hmm. have to learn about their different learning abilities. Some kids are super visual learners. Some kids have to use their hands. And like, that's something that's been talked about for a long time is kids, people learn by doing, not by listening. Well, yes. For the most part, but I learn better through taking notes and writing things down mm-hmm. than by doing things. I prefer to write things down, listen, read, take notes, as opposed to going, doing things with my hands. Mm-hmm. That's the learner I am. And it's not everybody learns the same. And I, I, I agree with you. It's becoming more commonly accepted and um not utilized but strived for yeah we're we're accepting it in the classroom yeah which is which is great and I think that's important because I think if you 
if you just kind of broad stroke the story a little bit, it's about an autistic boy Mm -hmm. trying to learn something. The world is not understanding his way of learning. And then there's a moment where somebody gets it and teaches him the way he needs to learn. Even if it wasn't necessarily the same lesson he was trying to learn, he will never learn what the shivers are. He will never learn that. But giving him another way to experience experience it in a different light mm-hmm. at his level, mm-hmm. there it is. Like, and, like, and that's what we have to strive for when we're working with our community and, and children yeah. in general and, and things like that with each other. Yep, and throughout the entire thing, he's just like, I want, I want this experience. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. Mm-hmm. He never gives context for like how. He doesn't care when, why, or how. Right. He's like, I want to know. Show me. Tell me. Give me. Mm-hmm. Let me experience this with you. Mm-hmm. Somebody experience. Like, help me experience it. And that's that's a part of my my rave. I I love the. Um, it's just a simple thing, but just his, it's importance of his goal. That was his mm-hmm. goal, and it, he didn't let it deter him no matter, like, what circumstances popped up. He he just went for it, and he tried, and I don't think he ever, he never lost sight of his goal. Though it annoyed everybody else around him. Mm-hmm. He never let go of that, this is the thing that I want. Even though he, he got a let, like, he went to a different path and went all these ways, he still had that, like, that hope that he would always be able to learn this thing and that he never let go of it. And I think that's important too, as just growing up that we just have something that we want to achieve. Just one thing, that goal that we want. And even though life takes us all sorts of different ways and paths, there's still that one thing that keeps us going. Mm -hmm. It just, it it keeps us striving for a little Mm -hmm. bit more in life. I don't think that's unhealthy. There's an unhealthy way, but yeah. I don't. I don't think that for him that that was unhealthy. That's a, that's a thing that you want to experience. So, okay. So Haley, you talked about wanting to bless a character, and I think we're at the end here. So let's go ahead. What character would you want to bless? I think I would like to bless um, the innkeeper's wife. Um, she is. I, the only woman we meet in the story who, um, just takes a second and, like, and just says no. Like, no more. This needs to stop. Um, she had seen too many young men take up this challenge and take up arms and, um, use courage and manliness as a shield going into this dangerous place and thinking that they're invincible because they're men and she's just had enough like she's so brokenhearted over the loss of all of these young men Mm -hmm. and yeah she's just had enough and she's like why do we need to lose another boy because of arrogance or this that or the other thing like no more no more so I want to bless her for Standing up and speaking out when she sees something wrong. I like it. I like it a lot. Who would you like to bless, Andrea? I am going to bless the princess. Um, and, and thinking about the, the, the relationship with the, the princess and, and this boy, we don't know how much time happened between them getting married and her throwing the bucket of water. The bucket of water going mm-hmm. in. It could have been like a week or it could have been years. Um, 
But I like that because what I see happening is that she was giving him time to figure that out on his own. She was there, but she was healthily giving him his space to continue to pursue his dream, that goal that he had. And I think she got to a point where she realized, okay, you're not going to get it on your own anymore. We got to try something different. I'm going to become more of an important role in helping you reach this goal so you can. So she decided to throw a bucket of water mm-hmm. on him. But I think that's that's important in relationships in knowing when I give you your space. I'm here if you need me, but I'm giving you your space to learn. And then also recognizing you're not going to be able to do this on your own. I need to step in and become more of a role and more of a support and help you with this. And I I think that's important in relationships. So I, I bless her for becoming that and recognizing mm-hmm. that and being that support to her significant other. Mm-hmm. That is my blessing. Good blessing. Good job. Good blessings. Yay! We did it. We just completed our very first episode. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Huzzah! I'm excited. Thank you guys for listening to our very first podcast. Um, Next time, tune in for um, the really ugly duckling from the Steaky Cheese Man and other fairly odd tales. Um, It's a short one. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for it. Um... (laughs) We'll see how much of a conversation we can drag out of that one. Oh, I'm going to drag out so much conversation. It'll be great. So much exploring. So much exploring. But thank you. We will see you another time, another day. Yeah, stay fairly ridiculous. listen to a fairly ridiculous podcast we hope you enjoyed it want to join the conversation or have a request you can find us on twitter facebook and instagram at afr podcast you can also leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash fairly ridiculous so please leave us a review but only if it's ridiculous